Welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, an inclusive jobs and career space for women and non-binary individuals. My name is Zoe Jones. I am your host. I'm a careers coach, life coach, marketer and yoga teacher, and I've worked for some of the biggest corporations in the world. But right now I'm committed to breaking down barriers to change the narrative surrounding gender equality and diversity at work. So whether you're a HR leader or a job seeker looking to dive into a male-dominated industry, this podcast is for you. Each week we'll have real, open and honest conversations about diversity at work, discrimination, the gender pay gap and everything in between. I'll raise topical debates about women at work, I'll speak to industry leaders and I can't wait to offer some career-related meditation and manifestation extra special bonus podcasts. So watch out for those. I am so happy to have you here. Grab yourself a hot drink and settle down for the Jobs for Women podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I am so excited to welcome our guest this week. Beth Piggott is an experienced senior acquisition consultant with a range of experience working in the retail and hospitality industries. Beth's range of skills include negotiation, building surveying and maintenance, property management and land surveying. Beth is a strong business development professional with a first class Bachelor of Science degree focused in building surveying from Leeds Beckett University. She's a former RICS and course ambassador and she's currently in acquisitions for a storage company. So welcome to the podcast, Beth. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Zoe. I'm really, really pleased to be here. You were like top of my list. When I when I set the business up, I was like, I need to speak to Beth. And that is because, one, you're amazing and you're incredible at what you do. But it's the area that you work in. I mean, we're going to just cut straight to the chase. You work in a very male-dominated industry, don't you? And you've, you've done so well climbing the ladder. You've worked for some incredible companies, um, but obviously you've faced some challenges along the way. So I know that from your course, there was about 50 people on your course and you were sort of one of four females. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How, how did you decide to get into building surveying? Yeah, so uh, it was more of a uh, family business. Um, my parents are both in property. It was kind of a natural step for me. Um, building surveying itself is so broad, so you can really go into lots of different um, things with it. So lots of my colleagues are just general practice surveyors. Um, so they're going out and doing surveys, maybe for insurance companies and things. But I really fancy doing something a little bit more specific, kind of uh, land acquisition for uh, retailers and uh, different businesses. I've worked for a few different sort of types of business, but generally always in in acquisitions. But building surveying just gave me a good grounding for really any range of sort of industries and roles. Wow. So did you and did you know back then? Obviously, there's the family connection. Did you know it was pretty sort of male dominated? I think I had an idea, but I didn't really realise how much it would be dominated by men and, and how that would affect sort of my development and the experiences that I've had in different businesses. Um, I've always been kind of opinionated and outspoken and, you know, not afraid to speak my mind, which I thought would be 
welcomed in, the, in that sort of environment. And in some places it has been, um, in others not so much. Uh, but yes, I, uh, I did, did really expect it to be kind of mostly men. And that was evident straight away once I started the course and there was only a few um, other ladies on there. Um, and was it... everybody's gone into different things which has been great oh that's interesting isn't it did did the course tutors um ever bring that up you know the 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 divide that that, that there were so few women on the course or was it not sort of talked about um it wasn't specifically discussed although there was um an award that was specifically geared towards women so there's the women in property award um that you can apply for whilst you're at uni and that was quite well endorsed by the university and the lecturers so I did apply for that and I, I went forward in the competition I didn't win it sadly um, but it was a really good experience to be honest and it actually led to um, a summer placement with a big uh, global conglomerate in Leeds um, so, that, so it did end up being quite a good experience but that was the only thing really that was specifically geared towards females in the property industry that's really good to know about i'm definitely seeing so much more of that my husband works in cyber security and there's there's lots coming forward for like women in cyber so it is really refreshing to see that even back then when you were at uni that there was something like that so hopefully it's progressed even more you know to push women forward mm -hmm. and support women okay and and we've said already that you've worked in um some huge organizations um and you've climbed the ladder you've you've just mentioned your summer internship how how was it when you left uni and you sort of was it internship and then back to uni because i did a four year with a placement year did you do internship and then go back and do your final year or was that straight out of uni yeah, so, yeah it was the same i think it's similar to how your course was set up so i did the first two years were studying just as normal at university then we did one year of placement but it kind of ended up being one year and the summer so during the summer I did a placement just for a couple of weeks um, a general practice of AIM firm then I went to a hospitality company to work in their maintenance team for my year out and then I returned to uni for the final year and did my exams and stuff Wow. And what about bosses then? Were they, are most of the bosses that you've worked for male? Yeah, all of them, exclusively really? male bosses, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how, and, and have you got any examples of how it was, you know, doing that placement year? Because I remember with mine, it was a bit of a shock to the system, you know, two years at uni and then suddenly I was in London working in this massive corporation. I was like, wowzer. So it was hard to adjust, but it was such an eye opener for me. How was your internship for you? Yeah, it was a similar sort of thing. I mean, um, it, it was a drastic change. Obviously, going into these huge businesses is um, it's a big step up from what you're used to at university. So that was a challenge in itself, but also seeing the dynamics between, I guess, not just male and female, but how are you treated when you're so junior in the business? You know, I'm, I'm I was an undergrad at the time, so I, did, I didn't even have a degree. I was, you know, just working my way through. So you are very much at the bottom of the ladder. So not just necessarily between male and female kind of dynamics, but the dynamics between senior members of the team and then the graduates and undergraduates was very interesting and definitely a challenge um, during the time that I was at doing my two different placements, yeah. And um, 
and you also yeah so during your placement year um you said you worked in a maintenance team as well was that was that you were one of two females i think you said didn't you yeah so there was one other lady she covered the scottish region so i didn't see much of her at all um i mean we got together for um like training days and stuff and there've been lots of examples where you know, comments are made that perhaps wouldn't be made to male colleagues. Um, and that was sort of one of my first experiences of that was in wow. uh, my placement year. And it was, uh, yeah, again, an eye opener, just really surprising. You know, because you're so, so young, you're inexperienced and all these people you're trying to get to know, you're trying to put, get your feet under the table and really kind of build a bond with these teams because ultimately you want to be asked to come back and, yeah. and be on their graduate scheme. So trying your best to kind of make friends and make good connections but it can be really challenging when you know these other members of the team well-established members of the team kind of make comments or or say things to you that you know are deliberately said to make you uncomfortable it's hard to kind of think of quick responses at the yeah. time and that's probably one of my prevailing um feelings about it looking back is that at the time I wished I could have had a quick response ready for certain things and, and you know, had a quick witted remark to come back with. But as it was in response, I think I just kind of went red and floundered about <laughs> yeah. and didn't say anything. So, and it makes you feel, yeah, it makes you feel really, you know, just your confidence is shattered. So, yeah. Yes. And was it, it was, was it about, was it, was it discrimina discriminatory comments about being a woman? Was it stuff like that kind of? Yeah, like, Think, for example, I would enter a room and it's a room full of people, not necessarily, I don't know everybody necessarily, I think it was a training day, this particular one, um, and I walked in and one of the older men in the team stood up and he shouted, oh, fantastic, the totty's here, mine's black with two sugars. Oh, I know, and that's no. what I thought, I just, I was aghast and I didn't know what to say and I think I just went red and kind of just flapped, I didn't, didn't oh. know what to say and I remember calling my mum afterwards and she was like well you should have said this and next time say that and you think yeah you know hindsight's a wonderful thing I just yeah. wasn't expecting it and so that was probably one of the first instances where um yeah I was kind of exposed to that sort of thing it's so shocking though isn't it you know when you think about it and I know times have changed and we're talking more openly aren't we about discrimination at work and gender inequality but yeah. to, it's it's like having to change the behavior of these maybe more senior people within corporations that think it is acceptable to speak to somebody mm -hmm. like that whether they're male or female but that is absolutely disgraceful isn't it when you actually peel it back and think about the words that he said especially because like you've said you're trying to impress aren't you you want to be asked back yeah. you want to make a good impression and but really you're in your total right to actually tell them you know where to go but you want to remain professional but I mean nowadays like you could you could you know take them to to HR and follow um all of those procedures but I mean what's sad about it is that we know that it's still going on in corporations all over the world and there's so much Absolutely, that needs to be done yeah. to educate the people that are continuing to behave in this way so did you finish that placement mm -hmm. then did, did 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 it carry on um that kind those odd remarks and did you just get your head down and deal with it 
Um, in that situation, I actually did take that because I was on the undergraduate scheme. We had like a monthly check-in with our um, graduate uh, manager and I, I took it to him and he had a word with the individual and I did receive an apology for that, which, you know. I'm well done. Great, grateful is probably the wrong word. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was surprised that, that he did apologise, but he did. Albeit, I think it was via text or via email or something. He didn't actually come up to me and apologise in person, but that was kind of the end of it. Now, whether or not this person went on to say things like that again, I'm not sure, but I didn't experience anything else from that individual um, during the time that I was there. But I also wasn't asked to return for the graduate scheme. So, mm. but that could have been any number of reasons. <laughs> well done, mm. though, for, for taking that further, because I think we're often sort of scared to do it and to speak up a little bit aren't we so that's really good and it's good for anyone mm -hmm. listening that's ever in that situation to know that it's okay to stand your ground and maybe not in front of the person but also how embarrassing when it's in a room full of people that you don't know it's like oh yeah. it's awful isn't I wanted it? the floor to swallow oh, me up yeah. it was really really embarrassing oh. but I guess just to try and take the positives from it it did give me sort of a bit more confidence to kind of stand my ground and be prepared for things like that and maybe I mean I don't know if this is good advice we shouldn't have to do this but to spot those people and, mm. and expect it maybe um, yeah so you're prepared that, I, I suppose that's how yeah. you can prepare yourself for a response can't you yeah so and then you got on to work um in retail in uh, land acquisitions for some big companies um and i know that in our pre-podcast chat you talked about gender discrimination there can you tell us a little bit more about any other experiences that you've had yes so um during my first week with that huge reseller, global reseller, um, I joined the team. I was the only female in the team. And during my first week, one of the very senior members of the team asked me for my vital statistics, you know, your measurements. Oh, yeah. my and goodness. I was and I'm thinking, I thought, no, well, I'm sure I know <gasps> vital statistics mean measurements. Oh. And I thought, surely he's not asking me that. And I, I think... Again, I kind of flapped and I didn't really know what to say. And I just said, you know, don't, don't be so ridiculous or something like that. But yeah. again, it was your first week at work. It's in a room, an open office. So, you know, no one's embarrassed to say these things to you. They're kind of, it's like, it, it's par for the course and it shouldn't be. And on that occasion, I waited for everybody else in the office to leave. I waited for a, a moment when it was just myself and, and the other person and I knew that he had um, daughters who were sort of around my age and they were also in male dominated industries. And I just kind of explained it to him, you know, how would you feel if your daughter came home and somebody had asked her for that? You know, she, she's in a professional environment. I, I've worked really hard to get here and be in this team for it to kind of be broken down to, well, what do you look like and what shape and size are you? It's just... It's ridiculous and if anything you're undermining yourself because you know that's that's the only thing that's important to you yeah how ridiculous. did he how did he take yeah. that how did he how did he respond i think he was surprised i think he was surprised that i'd even kind of re-raised it because in his mind that had been and gone the conversation had ended everybody laughed and that was it but you know for me for the rest of the day i was just going over and over and over it in my yeah. mind um so yeah I think he was surprised but he again he did apologize and actually we went on to have quite a good 
friendly relationship after that. And I think he probably respected that I raised it with him because he was wrong and he did need to learn that, you know, that isn't the right way to speak to a colleague, no matter what their sex or how old they are or how new they are to the team. It's not acceptable. Oh, well done again. You could be an ambassador for women in property, honestly. Like, this is incredible. These these examples, though, it's like you went on to have a good relationship, probably because you stood your ground right from the get-go, don't you think? It's like he probably thought, oh, okay. You know, you you put him in his place and rightly so. So well done. Yeah, I think yeah more of us need to do it yeah Yeah, exactly um and and working in property has it just continued sort of like that because obviously you've 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 worked for big companies you've you've climbed the ladder as I've said you've worked in different companies is it just similar behavior and do you think you just grow like a tough outer shell are you just do you feel more ready to deal with it I think like comments that you can manage and you know comments that um I don't think they're necessarily meant in a malicious way I think someone's just trying to get a laugh out of the office and both Mm -hmm. of the examples that I've given I think that's what it was it was kind of a jest that but they didn't really realize the impact and you know what they're representing by saying things like that and how they're kind of making that culture acceptable in the office when really we should be trying to stamp it out um so so those kind of things, I think I have grown to to manage a little bit better and a little bit differently, but um, there were more sort of malicious and deliberate things that happened whilst I was working for that retailer that really needed to be addressed. And I went out of my way a number of times to try and speak to senior people within sort of the management structure. And even above that, I went to the I think it was the UK HR director, a board director for HR, with a load of specific examples on my very last day of working for them, because I thought this is the prime time to do it, because I've got no other interest in the business. You know, I'm not looking for a promotion, I'm not looking to get anybody sacked or reprimanded. I just thought it was the right time on my last day to send this email from my personal account so that they could respond to say, look, these are all the issues that I've experienced. What do you think as HR director? And she just never replied. So, yeah. But the things that I was kind of complaining about at that stage were really systematic um, manipulation of situations. So my boss at the time, he was um, an unusual character and he would... So I guess just to give a bit of background on how my job works is that I would go out and find a site and then approach the the landowner, have a conversation with them, try and thresh out a deal, and then we'll go through to the legal stage, get board approval from our retailer, the internal board, and then try and progress the legal stuff. Um, I was finding sort of on, on regular occasions, my boss would wait until I found a site and then go and reapproach the vendor on his own and then renegotiate the deal entirely, wouldn't tell me that he'd renegotiated the deal. Then I would go to another meeting and the vendor, the landowner would just be like, well, we've already discussed this with your boss. We've changed this, we've changed that. You've agreed you're gonna pay us an extra 200,000 pounds. And you're like, I didn't agree that. You know, we've never discussed it. And it makes the business look bad. Mm. It made me look bad. And it was just, I raised it with him a few times and it was, 
responses were always very dismissive that he didn't have time to talk to me about such insignificant matters and you know it just it makes you feel really small and mm. just you know without any power I guess yeah it's very yeah, condescending it was... as well isn't it it's like I'm just going to swoop in on your deal but I don't have time mm. to talk to you because you know you, you know nitty-gritty I don't have time yeah. yet I'm just going to come in and and uh, speak to your client and basically finish your deal. That is absolutely disgraceful, isn't it? Is that part of the reason why you left that role, do you think? Absolutely, yeah, what so. it was, big reason. It happened so many times on so many occasions and he was constantly undermining me. It really affected my mental health and it's not something, you know, having been depressed or being kind of really down on yourself on a daily basis because of the work environment is not something that I'd ever experienced until that time and it was getting to the point where every day at work I was crying I was really upset but you're trying desperately not to let anyone else see it because you don't want to be seen as the hysterical woman in the corner you know you have to try and put on this front so yeah it was it was largely to do with why I left I, I ended up taking a bit of time off um just to kind of focus on my own mental health and make sure that I was okay and and you know functioning properly yeah um and I took that to a a senior colleague to just say you know I'm I'm really not feeling myself and I'm going to take some time off but I'm going to do it you know because of my mental health and he advised me to lie to the business about why I was going you know going off on sick and just to tell them that I had a virus or some physical issue rather than telling them that it was a a mental health issue because of the way that that would be interpreted and potentially make further issues for me oh my goodness that is shocking that's exactly the word I was going to use it's shocking Mm -hmm. I mean and that Mm -hmm. that must be going on all the time in in certain industries in different companies it's pretty scary it is I mean they do have they had this um phone line you could call and get some counseling over the phone but I was always really nervous that they would get those notes or they would somehow be able to kind of get a bit of an insight into what I was telling them or I just was never I never felt comfortable to talk to that line Um, and then and then that's yeah I bet and that just causes that that lack of trust for your employer then has a massive knock-on effect doesn't it because the trust isn't there then the longevity your morale everything goes out the window and then obviously you ended up leaving so it goes Mm -hmm. against them in the long run because they're going to have a higher staff turnover aren't they wow yeah I think a lot of people do leave that business because of um various issues relating to mental health um a lot of people go off on stress leave it's a very very pressured environment so yeah it it must be something that they are aware of um I just think they choose not to acknowledge it I think they just ignore it and because of this culture where nobody will talk about it or you're advised by colleagues not to be honest and open with your managers about these sorts of things um, it just perpetuates the same thing over and over. So people are too scared to go off on leave for, you know, stress or whatever. But it does happen. So I, I'm not sure how on a national level they would address that or how they would feel about it. But like I say, I tried to reach out to the HR board director and she just 
just didn't wasn't interested so yeah they've got a lot of work to do on that culture in that business haven't they but they can do it everything's doable it's just they're just putting their head in the sand about it so thank Mm -hmm. you so much for talking to me today if what advice would you give to any aspiring women out there girls that are thinking about going into property would you if you had your time to come again would you do it and what advice would you give them do you know, I definitely would do it again. And I was really conscious of coming on here and sounding like, God, it's dreadful and <laughs> this happens and this happens. And I think it's important to be honest. Definitely. But also, you know, don't let this stop you. Like, you know, we have a mutual friend who's also in the industry and she really, really was um, a light. When I met her and we were both in the same industry and she gave me lots of advice about how to manage these people and and not to let it get to you I think is the key thing just to try and you know let their issues be their issues this is not your problem whilst it it feels like it's directed at you this is their problem Mm -hmm. so I guess that would be my main advice don't let it stop you just keep going oh that's brilliant and you do it all over again that's the most important thing it means that you love your job it's just you've had to you've had to manage it and and find your way haven't you in a male-dominated world well you're doing so amazing and i can't wait to see where else your career takes you and then next time we speak maybe you'll be the ambassador for women in property for the whole Mm. of the uk maybe we should set something (laughs) up i mean come on we need to fly the flag for women don't we (laughs) yeah let's do it let's well, do it yeah and thank you ever so much for listening to me zoe because you're the first this is the first opportunity that i've had to kind of air these issues kind of publicly and, and let people know outside of the businesses that these things go on but you can there are ways and means of managing it so thank you very much for giving me the time and space to do that oh you're welcome thanks so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure likewise So that's it for another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I was really excited to have Beth on on the podcast today. I've known her for a couple of years. Beth mentioned we've also got a mutual friend who works in property. So I have heard some of the stories, some of their personal experiences that they have both encountered that they have had to deal with as women in a very male dominated industry so I was really eager for Beth to come on and share her personal experience and it was amazing as she said at the end that she's had a platform for the first time to actually share those stories I also spoke to somebody else in property um, quite recently who said things are definitely starting to shift and there are more women um, going into property in terms of from an educational standpoint so more people more women sorry um, attending university and moving into the property industry so you know we will see that shift but it's going to take years to make a substantial change and this behavior that you know we're still witnessing in these male dominated industries you know it needs to change but the more we talk about it the more we share our stories the more we support women the more we can make change and that's what jobs for women is all about and that is what i am so passionate about so if 
anything on today's post podcast has resonated with you if you want to share your story if you work in property or maybe a totally different industry i would love 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 to hear from you email me hello at jobsforwomen.co.uk and don't forget if you're an employer looking to reach more women in your recruitment if you want more females more women to look at your job ads to potentially apply for your jobs then head over to the website jobsforwomen.co.uk drop me an email or give me a call so we can talk about how we can advertise your roles with the view to reaching more women in the future so thank you so much for listening take care of yourselves and i will see you next time